Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I pray you are empowered to walk in the fullness of your God design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. God, we just, um, we thank you, Lord, that when we think we're done, there's always a deeper level. And so, Father, we just receive that deeper level right now in the name of Jesus. But God, we thank you that as, as, as deep as we've gone, God, there's always still more. Listen, as deep as I've experienced in the spirit, I know it's still just the tip of the iceberg. And so I pray, God, that what they're getting a taste of, even right now, would just make them hungrier and thirstier for even more of you. That while you are the only thing that satisfies the thirst that is deep within us, the more we get you, the more thirsty we become. That's right, Sam. Thank you, Jesus. So here's what we're gonna do. I am gonna do a teaching. You guys are welcome to just sit where you're at. You can sit on the floor. I just want you to be comfortable. I know it's been a long day. You don't have to sit in your chairs. And I'm gonna talk to you a little bit. But I am gonna just kinda ask for a holy hush to remain in the room because we've decided that we don't wanna miss out on that deeper level of what God is doing. And we've decided that to the same degree that we have just experienced God, that it's just the beginning tonight. I believe there's something more God wants to do. So I wanna talk to you for a moment about, I'm all good, thank you. I mean, unless you guys want to keep it and get the keyboard going, I can do all that too. That'd be great. It's up to y'all. Um, so last night, uh, my brother talked about evangelism. And he talked about really just having um, the beautiful feet, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of Jesus. And it's interesting to me because I feel like it's a risky proposition to put the hands of the gospel in the hands of people. I think about Jesus and how he came and he lived as a man for 30 years. He was God and he was man. And for three and a half years, he entered into ministry and we're gonna be talking about that. But for only three and a half years, he built this ministry. And then he handed it off to what would have been 12, one betrayed him. He handed it off to 11 disciples who all left him. They all ran away. They were all afraid. In some regard, we would say they were all cowards. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's something that we struggle with as well. Because the reality is, we struggle without the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. If you remember, Peter said, even to the death, I will follow you. But when the time came, he denied three times. Jesus wasn't surprised because he knew that the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so 
Without the Holy Spirit, we try to live a relationship with God. We try and say we're gonna do all the right things, but the reality is the empowerment and the unction to follow through on all the right things comes only by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight we're gonna be talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna be talking about that second step, if you will, of of salvation. And I'm gonna be sharing that because the reality is one of the things I am most passionate about Y'all, it is not about getting people saved. I love to minister to people. I love to minister the gospel to them. I love to minister salvation. I love it when somebody gives their their life to the Lord. But my passion is to minister to save people who are disempowered. People who have come into salvation, but they're still living broken. They're still living in anger. They're still living in fear. They're still living in anxiety. They're still living in depression. They're still held by affliction. They're still held by addiction. That bothers me because God said, I died and there is one who is coming who is greater than I so that you can do even greater works than I did. That's what Jesus tells us. So this is my passion, ministering to disempowered believers. And tonight we're gonna talk a lot about how the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4.20 that the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk but it's a matter of power. And let's be honest with ourselves. We try and teach and talk and preach people into salvation. That's why I loved and took time for this because my passion is not to teach people with my words. If people who have traveled with me to Cincinnati or traveled around the nation, one of the things that I'm known for is I give a little bit of a teaching and then I say, it's time for a demonstration. Let's see God work. Let's see the demonstration of his power. I don't wanna talk about it. I want to experience it. I want to minister the fullness of all God has in mind for me to the people so that we can take the gospel and do what we're supposed to do with it. Listen, the gospel is not a debate. It's a demonstration. It's not a conversation. It's a power play. And we talk all the time about let's teach each other how to evangelize. And I'm not making fun of it. But if all we're doing is talking about salvation and we're never demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit, we're missing out. We're missing out. When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, listen, it came about honestly because I was bored. And I would like to propose to you that church has become very boring. Sorry, Pastor Turner. Not necessarily this church, but The kingdom, when I say church, y'all, I'm not talking about Calvary Church. I'm talking about we as the church. We've given nobody nobody anything to look for, some excitement, some pizzazz. That's why we're watching movies about supernatural things. That's why we're playing video games where I have a supernatural power. Because in us, woven inside of us is a craving for the supernatural because God put that in us because it was his desire that we would be drawn not just to Jesus, but to the Holy Spirit, to the power that comes by the Holy Spirit, to the supernatural moves of the Holy Spirit. And if all I ever did up here is talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit, and at some point I didn't start demonstrating it, 
I would be missing out. Because if you look at the pattern, for lack of a better term, that that Jesus set in the gospels, he would say the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. And he would teach them. And then he would say, now it's time for a demonstration. Let's feed the multitude. Let's heal the leper. Let's heal the woman with the issue of blood. And then he gave of the spirit to his disciples and he said, now you go and do it. So I'm gonna teach you a little bit tonight about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I know that this is kind of a hooky-mooky phrase that not everybody accepts and it can be kind of divisive, but the reality is, is it's biblical. And and when I first received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, y'all, it wasn't except for about 10 years ago. Turner probably remembers that I was teaching and preaching against the movement of the Spirit. I didn't believe in the manifestational gifts of the Spirit. And I found myself very bored. I found myself very bored. I was reminded uh, tonight about, there's a story in the Bible about a man named Eutychus. And it's in the book of Acts. And the Bible says that Paul was spending his last night in that town. And so he was teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. And the Bible says, and he dragged on and on and on. And Eutychus fell into a deep sleep. Come on. That's a little bit like the church today, isn't it? And here's what happened. The Bible says that he fell into such a deep slumber that he fell three stories out of the window and he fell down to his death. And Paul was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he went down there and the Bible says that he threw his body on him and he resurrected him. And suddenly everybody began to give their life to Christ. Why? Because they saw a demonstration of the power of God. I I think it's almost comical. I feel like it was the Lord going, okay, Paul, enough talking. It's time to demonstrate my power. But we've lost that. We've lost that in the church. We've lost that in our relationships. We've lost that at our conferences. We've lost it. We've become, listen, I'm a really good teacher. I'm a really good speaker. But the Lord convicted me a long time ago that said, your message cannot come with persuasive teaching. It must come with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that man's faith won't rest on your message, but it will rest on the power of God. That's what Paul says in Corinthians. My message didn't come to you with persuasive teaching. It didn't come because it was a really cool five point message. I don't want your faith to rest on my message tonight. Come on. I don't want your faith to rest on Turner's messages. I don't want your faith to rest on the really awesome awesome worship lyrics. I want your faith to rest on the demonstration of the Spirit's power. But where is it? Where is the demonstration of the Spirit's power? We're going to get there tonight. We're going to go all the way there tonight. How many of you guys are just bored in your relationship with God? Nobody wants to raise their hand. I'll raise my hand because I, I to, the, to the same degree I have experienced, I get bored. And maybe it's because I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I don't know, but I always want more. I want to see the signs. I want to see the miracles. I want to see the wonders. Our salvation is to be more than just about eternal security. As he was so we are. Listen, in Acts chapter two, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Any of you guys ever experienced a prophecy? Any of you guys ever prophesy over anybody else? Because if you haven't, you're missing out. 
because it says that the, the Spirit of God will be poured out upon you and you will begin to prophesy. I'm talking to you about the demonstration, the power of the Holy Spirit. Young men it will see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they, will, they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth below. Where are the signs? Where are the miracles? Where are the healings? Where's the tongues and the interpretation? Come on, let's just keep it real. Where's it at? Oh, we wanna be safe. We wanna make Christianity safe and contain it. But God is outside of our container. And if you wanna be safe, go ahead, but you can't be safe and supernatural because it takes a lot of courage to be able to step out into the supernatural. In 1 John 3, 8, the Bible says it was for this purpose that the Son of Man was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devils, of the devil. I would like to propose that we are bored and that we have made Christianity all about being safe, feeling safe. But God says that the only reason it is for this purpose that Jesus was born, that he was manifested, that he came to the earth to utterly shatter the works of the devil. That it says, so as he, he was, so we are in this world. He says to his disciples, I have to go so that one more powerful than me would come and you would do even greater works than I have done. What are the works that Jesus did? He utterly shattered the works of the devil. I would like to propose to you that some of us in here tonight are getting our butt kicked by depression, by anxiety, suicidal thoughts, sexual temptation, addiction. But God says, I've given you the power that you would utterly destroy the works of the devil. In Mark chapter 16, when it talks about the great commission, go into the world and these will be the signs to those who believe. Very first thing that is spoken. These are some of the signs that will accompany new believers. They will throw out demons in my name. First thing he says. When was the last time you threw a demon out? When was the last time you took control of a bad thought in your own mind and you cast it out of your mind? That's what I'm talking about. They will throw out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up snakes with their hands. We're talking about just foul spirits, foul thoughts, foul emotions that are strangling us that we feel controlled by. Even though the Bible says you have the power, you have the authority to take captive every thought and every emotion and make it obedient to Christ. Any high thing that exalts itself, you should be able to take that serpent with your hand and cast it into the pit of hell. That's the evidence that you are saved. That is the demonstration. Stop talking about it. Stop talking to your friends about your anxiety and start casting it out, come on. Stop passing around the kitty and having everybody pet it and feeling sorry for yourself. Take authority over your own life. I'm getting tired doing all the work for Johnson County. My team is getting tired doing all the work for Johnson County. I'm not trying to be arrogant, but we wanna empower people to do it for yourself because until you learn how to control your own thoughts, cast them out, take authority over them, you will not be able to do it for others. And that is the whole purpose that Jesus was manifested to utterly destroy the works of the devil. It is for this purpose that he manifested was to destroy the works of the devil. It is for this purpose that you have been saved to destroy the works of the devil. Stop wrestling, my child. 
Stop managing your demons and take authority and cast them out. He goes on and he says, then the master Jesus after debriefing them was taken up to heaven and he sat down beside God in the place of honor and the disciples went everywhere preaching the gospel, the master working right with them through the Holy Spirit and validating everything they spoke with indisputable evidence. Some versions say, and the message was confirmed by accompanying signs. Where's the accompanying signs? We're really good at talking, but the Bible says the kingdom of heaven isn't a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. Where's the power? Where's the evidence? The only thing that made the message of Jesus different than any other message of the false prophets was that he demonstrated the power and he ministered ultimately the resurrection, sealed the deal of the ultimate miracle of somebody being raised from the dead. The Bible goes on in John 14, it says, most assuredly, most assuredly, I'm gonna say that again, surely there is no waffling in this. I say to you, he who believes the works that, he, that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper, capital H. Who is the helper? Come on, somebody call it out. Holy Spirit. Who is the helper? Holy Spirit, thank you. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Somebody put your hand on your heart and say, I know him. I know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans, but I will come to you. Can I teach you for a moment? Do you think Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yes, he did. Well, let's just learn from the life of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus was commissioned by the Father and he came with the authority of heaven to manifest for the purpose of what? Shattering the works of the devil. This was his assignment, his commission from God. Every time, every time Jesus was com confronted any kind of demonic stronghold, sickness, affliction, storm, conflict, anything that was out of order, he came with the authority and the backing of heaven to completely shut it down. He was assigned by the Father. However, Jesus had did nothing. He did no miracles until he had his own encounter with the Spirit of God. So when Jesus was born, he came in the divine nature of God. He came in the likeness of God. He was God made flesh. But how many of you guys remember when he was baptized? When he was baptized with water by John? The Bible says when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved in you, I am well pleased. Listen, there was a portion of heaven that he had yet to receive. He needed to be clothed with power. The gospel was intended to be more than just a matter of talk. Up until this point, until he was 30 years old, he had not performed a miracle. 
Upon his baptism, he received the greater portion and that's when he began his ministry. Because God knew you need to be able to operate in the power gifts. You need to be able to demonstrate the gospel. This is more than gonna be a matter of talk and you need the Holy, even Jesus received a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. When he was born, was the Spirit of God living within him? Yes, did he have divine nature of God? Yes. In the Old Testament, when the prophets would come and they were assigned, when they would, when they would, they, when they would do miracles, the Bible says that the Spirit of God would come upon them and then it would leave and then it would come upon them and it would leave and it would come upon them and it would leave. And they did signs, miracles and wonders under the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came with the Spirit living within him. But when it was time for him, to do signs, miracles, and wonders, the Spirit of God came upon him. Listen, we're talking about the difference between the Spirit of the living God in you and the Spirit of God on you. It's like the difference between drinking a bottle of water and having water in you and dunking yourself under a pool and having water all around you. So Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Jesus needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, in John, now let's talk about the disciples. In John chapter 20, after Jesus had been crucified, the disciples are petrified. They run away, they're all scattered, they're hiding and Jesus shows up in a room that is locked. And he says to them this, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Did they receive the Holy Spirit? Yes, they did. But then Jesus said, then, but wait, there's another portion that I have in mind for you. In Luke 24, 49, he says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. So tarry into the city of Jerusalem until you are endued from power upon high. What? We just got the, the baptism or the, the spirit breathed into us. And now you're telling us there's another level that I need to wait, that I need to go tarry in the city so that there's, so I'm endued, till I'm endued with power from upon high. Remember after it was their encounter with Jesus, Peter still denied him. Peter was still not empowered to follow through on all the desires of his heart because he didn't have the spirit of God upon him. Listen, I'm just trying to teach you guys because if we're, gonna, if we're gonna believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we need to know what the Bible says about it. And I'm telling you that Jesus had the Spirit in him and then he received the Spirit upon him. The disciples had the Spirit breathed into them and then in Acts chapter two, the Spirit came upon them. There was a completion and it was upon that uponing for lack of a better term, it was upon the coming upon them that they began to flow in the signs and the miracles and wonders. How many of you guys wanna flow in signs, miracles and wonders? Listen, come on, are we being serious? You really wanna flow in signs, miracles and wonders? Cause it's weird. How many of you guys don't mind if the spirit comes on you to the point that you start shaking and trembling in front of people? Let's be honest, because that's happened to me while I was preaching where I just literally couldn't even see because the spirit was shaking me with such power. Now we, we sing about it and we pray about it and we talk about it, but then when it starts to happen, we're like, oh my God, it's weird. And we don't wanna press into that place. We don't wanna go beyond all of this. We wanna stay in our comfort zone. What are my friends gonna say? What is my neighbor gonna say? What is the church saying? What are the people around me saying? Because it's become the uncommon thing. And that's sad. 
because we as believers are still dying on the inside. We've been given eternal life through the blood of Jesus Christ, but we've not come into the empowerment to walk in the resurrection of life. We've experienced the crucifixion and the blood that's cleansed me from my sins, but I'm still wounded. I'm still broken. And we're not receiving the resurrection and the power. That word, that word power there comes from the Greek word dunamis. He says, tarry ye in the city until you are endued with power from upon high. Listen, I just breathed the Holy Spirit into you, but you must tarry, you must wait, you must linger and don't leave. Because when I go, once I go, the Holy Spirit, a helper is going to come upon you with power, a dunamis power. And that dunamis power is where we get our word dynamite from. That's an explosive power. It doesn't feel safe. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I've experienced the Holy Spirit sometimes where I'm like, this feels super weird. And in my flesh, I'm thinking this doesn't feel safe, but my spirit is like, this is what I've always wanted. I feel so courageous right now. I feel so brave. I feel like I am no, without a doubt, I'm gonna lay my hands on that person and they're gonna fall out. I'm gonna lay my hands on that person and they're gonna receive this, the gift of tongues. I'm gonna lay my hands on that person and they're gonna get healed. And I'm gonna lay my hands on that person and demons are gonna fly out of them. I get confident just like that because I trust and I believe and I know in the power of the supernatural. We're, we've all heard about this, right? But we're not seeing it. I'm telling you, I'm saddened by this. I'm deeply grieved. I'm deeply grieved because it's rippling across our nation. It's rippling across our government. It's rippling across our world. And the kingdom of heaven is no longer a matter of power, but it's a matter of talk. It's become a debate. It's become a conversation. And it's not about the power of God. Anybody can talk and persuade, but only God can demonstrate the power. I love in, in Acts chapter two, and I'm gonna read it to you because it's going on from this passage in Acts 1.8, it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. You shall witness about me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and all of Samaria and all the ends of the earth. When are we gonna, listen, we talked about evangelism last night. Don't, cry, don't try and go evangelize if you're not filled with the power, power of God because you'll fail or you'll talk somebody into it. I don't wanna talk anybody into salvation. I, I trust the Holy Spirit to draw them, but I have to be able to loose the Holy Spirit in my office, in my space. I'm not gonna convince somebody to give their life to Christ when God can do that himself. Stop talking, stop talking and start living a life of power. Stop live, start living a life of joy. We're giving, we're giving people who are not saved no reason to want to come to church or to want to come to know Jesus because it's boring. It looks like everything else. And we've gotta get back to the signs, the miracles and wonders. He says, he goes on and he says that when the spirit has come upon you, then you will be my, you might be my witnesses. In Acts chapter two, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. 
There came a a sound from the heaven and a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared them divided tongues of fire. How many of you guys have heard this verse before, this passage? How many of you are like, it just doesn't mean anything to me? How many of you have never heard this before? No, fantastic. All right. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire that sat on each one of them. And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit, just as God had said. They're lingering about in in the upper room waiting for something to happen. Because God said, look, I've breathed the Holy Spirit in you through salvation, but there is something more. There is a whole nother level for you. Terry, Terry, don't leave until you are endued with power from upon eye. That's what we were doing here. We were waiting, pulling on the hem of God, saying, God, I'm ready to go into ministry. I'm ready to evangelize. I'm ready to go into the mission field. I'm ready to start that nonprofit, whatever it is, but don't go there if you're not endued with power from upon high. Wait, look, Hear, pull, wait on, on God. And it says, tongues as a fire, each one sat upon each one of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now listen carefully to the crowd's response. And there was a dwelling and, there was the, and they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, I'm sorry, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from each nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together. So it was the sound of them speaking in other languages, speaking in a tongue. It was the evidence, it was the demonstration, it was the power that drew the crowd to them. And they were confused because everyone began hearing them in their own language. I would like to propose to you that these people heard the wonders of God. It goes on to say, they were all amazed and marveled saying, uh, I'm sorry, it says, and they, were, they heard the sound occurred and the multitude came together and they were confused because each one of them heard in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled saying, look, are not each one of these who speak just Galileans? How is it that we're hearing them in our native language? And it goes on to say, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. They weren't talking in English, y'all. They're speaking in a tongue and God is interpreting it in a supernatural way. And God is speaking for himself about the miracles and the works of God. I know this is, I know this is deep, y'all. I'm like going into all this stuff, but we gotta get this. Like, I don't wanna just minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit to you without you understanding. Like we have to have the biblical premise of where this happens in scripture. Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did the disciples receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Did the, did the disciples receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yes, the Spirit of God, Jesus breathed in them and then they tarried until the Spirit came upon them and there was evidence. They began speaking in utterances and that language spoke not in a matter of talk, but it was power. And from this day forward, they never ran, they never feared, they never cowered, everything Everything that they said that they wanted to be, everything that the spirit was willing to do, the flesh became empowered to do. I'm tired of dealing with my flesh. 
I'm tired of having all these really great ideas and having these visions and having these imaginations of who I could be and who I wanna be and how I wanna minister to people and watching people resurrect in my mind, but not actually stepping into it. Because God says those are all the things that are due us. That just as Jesus flowed and functioned under the unction of the Holy Spirit, all of his miracles were by the unction of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean for you? That means all of your miracles, Jesus could have functioned under, as a divine nature of God, but he didn't. He waited and he flowed under the unction of the Holy Spirit to demonstrate to us our potential through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is our potential. Even greater works will you do. Even greater works will you do. All right, so why do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I mean, super simple. If you don't have it, you're missing out. If you don't have it, you're missing out. If you don't have it, you're missing out. If, if there is something to fear, it's a fear of missing out on the power of God. And I'm, I'm so sorry if you've been like, oh my gosh, where's this message been my whole life? Like here I've been trying to wrestle with anxiety and I've been trying to wrestle with all these and I didn't understand the authority that I have because I didn't know that that could function and flow under the power of the Holy Spirit under the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John chapter four, he says to the woman at the well, well, that there will be a wellspring of life welling up within you. But in John chapter seven, he says this, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Listen, sin had to be destroyed first so the overflow could come. I'm gonna say that again. Sin was destroyed on the cross through the blood of Jesus, but the overflow comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus puts a wellspring of life in you, he fills you up with the divine nature of God, the person of God, the character of God. From the top of your head all the way down to the tips of your toes, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the unction, the Holy Ghost coming upon you so that it's more than just, I'm fat and happy with Jesus living inside me, but I have no demonstration, I have no power, I'm scared when demons manifest, I don't know how to minister healing. That's not what God had intended. Even greater works even greater works you will do. Somebody put your hand on your heart and say, I'm gonna do greater works than Jesus. I'm gonna do greater works than Jesus. Come on, say, don't, don't just do it because I asked you to. I'm gonna do greater works than Jesus. I'm gonna do greater works than Jesus. It's a risky proposition. It's a risky proposition that Jesus would leave and say in three and a half years, hey guys, I trust you. I trust you to take the gospel, but here's the real deal. His faith wasn't in the men. His faith was in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we put too much faith in ourselves to be able to stand against temptation, to be able to stand against drugs, to be able to stand against whatever it is you're stand, trying to stand against. Your faith can't be in yourself. Your faith has to be in the power of God. It has to be in the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus said, I have no problem going because unless I go, you won't receive the greater one. See, he wasn't entrusting the gospel to the men. He was entrusting the gospel 
to the Holy Spirit who would flow through men. That's you, that's me. And we have to want it, we have to want it. All right, so how do we get it? How many of you believe we have the authority to put a demand on heaven? Yeah, we do. I love that my entire team just raised their hand. We have the authority to pull on heaven. How many of you guys like feel like what we just experienced earlier is only about this much of maybe what we could experience? And I'm not talking about living a life of experience, all right? Because we, ha- we have to know who God is and we have to live in his character. But if that's all we're ever doing, all we're ever doing is like settling in the glory of the Lord and we never flow in the anointing of the Lord, we're missing out. We're missing out. So I'm talking about a shifting going on tonight, a shifting from I'm no longer content, I'm no longer satisfied to just have the Lord living with me. It's not about knowledge. I don't need to know more. I don't have to have all the right answers. Y'all read your Bible. You need to read your Bible. But if that's all you're ever doing and you don't sit and practice the encounter of the kingdom, I'm talking about in your own bedroom. You gotta learn how to pull the, the kingdom into your bedroom. You gotta learn how to encounter the king. We're tired. I'm tired, I'm getting old. Like we, we work really hard. The, the worship team works really hard up here. But if we can all experience our own encounter, but you can't fear it, you can't be afraid of it. I about guarantee you people are gonna start speaking in tongues tonight. I know it's gonna happen. I know people are gonna start praying in tongues. I about guarantee you I'm gonna pray over at least one person, they're gonna fall out. You know what that means when they fall out? It means they're gonna get experience a counter with God, an encounter that just makes them melt in the presence of the Lord. Just, I don't, it's the ultimate surrender. God, I, I just don't even wanna stand in your presence. I'm so overwhelmed by your love. God, that I just have to rest in your palm, the palm of your hand. That's the power of God. It's the authority of God. Because I'm not gonna stand up here and talk about it and then not demonstrate it. Because that would make me no different than what I've been talking about. That would make me a hypocrite. Because we can't talk about the power of God and not demonstrate it. You wanna know why? Because Jesus didn't. And I wanna be like Jesus. So I don't wanna talk about how we can minister to people and then not minister to them. How we can prophesy, but not prophesy. So the reality is a lot of times we don't see how the Lord wants to work. We're not available. How many of you guys are scared to death right now? Like I'm gonna come late. Totally honest, totally honest, totally honest, yeah. Cause it's weird, it's scared. Like you guys are like, oh God, please don't let me tell you. I don't wanna be the one that's really I totally get it, I totally get it. Can I, can I teach you about what the scripture says about coming under the power of God? Is this okay, Pastor Turner? Okay. When the scripture says, when they come to the garden of Gethsemane and they said, Jesus says, who is it that you're looking for? And, he, and they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. And the Bible says at the sound of his voice, the soldiers fell down as though they were dead. What's happening? Authority has spoken. They received the word of the Lord and they fell down as though they were dead. 
The Bible says in Chronicles that the priests all came into the temple and they began to sing and praise in one accord. And the spirit of the Lord came so heavily into the temple that the priests could no longer stand to perform their duty. What's happening? I'm just telling you what scripture says. Because I don't want you to be like, it's weird, right? Because the supernatural is weird. But I guarantee you, if, if Turner brought in a magician who sat up here and did all kinds of magic tricks, you guys would be all up into it. But we freak out when God wants to do something supernatural. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. The Bible says that when the stone was rolled away, when the angel of the Lord came before the stone was rolled away for the resurrection of Jesus, that the soldiers who were posted at the tomb fell down as though they were dead. It's more than just a story, it's a reality. We're talking about the power of God. When the power of God begins to move, Paul received the entire book of Revelation while he was in a trance-like state. Look at our friend here. He is in a trance-like state. He's just standing there, hanging in the wind of the glory. He's completely clueless. He can hear me talking. He probably wishes I would shut up. Let's just talk about it. Let's talk about the supernatural. This is what I do when I do house meetings. Like people start falling out, people are weirded, and I'm like, we've locked all the doors, you can't get out. But let's talk about, is it weird when somebody speaks in tongues? Is it weird? It is weird because it's supernatural. Can we talk about it? Let's talk about it. Like we don't talk about the supernatural. I don't understand. Like we've just been like, let's talk about Jesus, but let's don't talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you right now are just getting excited? Okay. Yeah, Kyler's like, me, me, me. All right, so we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna just take our time. And you guys, you guys are gonna, don't make them work harder than you. And we're not talking about working, okay? So I said, here's what we're gonna do. Well, the Bible says, if you ask, can you put that other verse up, the last verse up for me? Because I shut my, the last verse that says seeking and knocking. Here's what, here's, for lack of a better term, here's, here's the part you guys get to play. Relax and receive. Relax and receive. There's nothing more frustrating to me than when I'm praying over somebody and they're like telling me what to pray and they're talking and they're speaking in tongues and, little, 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 and I'm like, shh, shh, just relax. Just take a deep breath and receive. Okay? So we're gonna lead, we're gonna have some worship. I'm gonna probably come in and out. And I, I might minister some people in and out of the mic because that looses the Holy Spirit. Do you guys like watching when Pastor Turner prophesies over people? Yeah? Do you? just kind of reach your hands out up like this. Now to the same degree you've been ministering to people, I want you to just relax and receive. We're just going to relax and receive, okay? If we have ministry team here, just kind of make your way to the front. You guys can face wherever you want. I don't care. Just face the Lord. Okay, I want you to forget people around you. I want to forget. And here's what we're going to do.
if you guys would just kind of almost like a baby bird would just kind of tip your head back a little bit don't look at me forget me this is your moment this is your moment with the Holy Spirit this is your moment with the Holy Spirit it doesn't have to be crazy and radical it can be beautiful gentle and peaceful and whenever you're ready I just want you to open your mouth up like a baby bird like a mama worms coming to just drop something inside of you don't do it because I'm saying it. Just wait till the Holy Spirit tells you. For those of you who have already received a spiritual language, that's okay. God has another level for you. There's always more to be had. There's always more to be had. So whenever you're ready, just tip your head back. Open your mouth wide open. And I'm just calling forth the Holy Spirit to just begin to rush just begin to rush into you. What happened to our worship leader? You guys asked for supernatural manifestations, right? Okay, so here's what's gonna happen. You guys are gonna go and you're gonna try and tell people some stuff that happened tonight and they're gonna be like, what? And you're not gonna be like, you can't explain it because you can't explain the supernatural. Can you explain what happened to you, Tavin? Not at all. So we still have a lot of people who are um, just having their own encounters with the Holy Spirit. So I'm gonna let the... Um, worship team continue to worship are you guys exhausted or are you like coming just now coming under the unction of the holy spirit so i'm going to let them continue to worship um and we're just going to kind of keep resting in this place how many guys are like kind of freaking out right now some people a little bit it's okay it's okay it's not natural i like freak out when i see stuff on star wars i'm like that's weird we're just going to keep worshiping the Lord. We're going to keep pressing in because we don't want to miss out on deeper revelations of the Holy Spirit. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to click subscribe so you can catch each episode every month. I want you to walk in your fullness. For more information about other services and resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. You can also find me on YouTube by searching Lisa Schwartz LLC. I look forward to connecting with you. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you.